We don't normally talk about people on this podcast, but today we're talking about James. Hi friends, this is Bethany Jennings, and you're listening to We Should Talk. It's a podcast where we talk about anything and everything to encourage, equip, and empower you to be a decent human. Let's talk. So today we are getting into James, uh, not the person necessarily, but the book of the Bible written by the person. So James has always been one of my favorite books of the Bible. It's very hard to narrow down which specific books are your favorite, but James is pretty high up there. It's just, it's good practical application for stuff that actually happens in life. Um, And I feel like there are times when I read James and stuff that I've read, Lord knows how many times, um, it's fresh and new to me. And I love that about scripture that it's, you know, fresh and alive. It's the living word, right? It's, it's alive because different things have new life in them when you read them at certain times and how it applies to your life. So I'll be reading ESV. Um, if you want to get your Bible out, you can do that. If you're, you know, if you're driving or you're doing something else and you just want to listen, that's cool too. Um, you're getting a live reaction. I have not read this, um, like right before recording this, I've not actually read it. So we'll see what happens. Lord knows how many times I've actually read the book, but I haven't read it right before. So this is just me reading and my thoughts. So starting at verse one, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. In KJV, it says, instead of steadfastness, it says patience. It says, Brethren, count all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. James 1.4 is words to live by. So, at verse 5. Any, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So ask in faith, because if you doubt, Lord don't even know if he can trust you with that kind of wisdom. Uh, verse 7. For that person not suppose, we're on verse 9. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation, and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass. Its flower falls and its beauty perishes so also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. 
Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. I'm going to pause a minute there. I did a study one time, like a devotion for a few days about the book of James. And it says that scripture there, talking about the conception of sin, when it brings forth, when it gives birth to sin, sin is fully grown, brings forth death. It talks about, it said it was actually talking about when someone is like, you conceive, right? And then you're pregnant. And when it's time to give birth to that, when it is time for that to bring the joy that you think it's going to bring, like the joy of a child, it doesn't bring it because it's sin does not give life. Sin brings death. And so they said it's, they compared it to having like a stillborn child, which I know is a very strong comparison, but that's what a lot of people say the scripture is referring to. Then desire when it has conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it's fully grown brings forth death. That's heavy. Verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will he, of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I love that scripture. I try so hard. I try so hard to live that scripture. I don't think I always succeed, but I try really hard. I'm going to read it again. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The anger of man does not. I don't care how mad you are when you are quick to anger and you act out in anger. That's not bringing on the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away, and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he's religious, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. That verse 26 got me. I think I read that a couple of months ago. Oh, it got me. Let's read it again. I'll read KJV. If, KJV. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. 
He's doing all that in vain. You can be as religious as you want to be. You can claim to be saved. You can live uh, the strictest lifestyle you can think of. But if you don't know how to control your mouth, your religion is completely and totally pointless. How straightforward is that? I don't, it, it can't get much plainer than that. You can look, quote unquote, holy. But if your language isn't holy, if your speech isn't holy, if the way you talk, not just to people, but about people is not controlled, then your religion's pointless. Might as well go ahead and commit the rest of them sins because your mouth ain't doing what it's supposed to be doing. I think that's one thing that we don't often talk about. Our sins that are, are pretty much committed daily. Whether we intend for them to be or not, sometimes we do intend for them to be. And they are still sins. And so much of that has to do with our mouths. We will straight up call out a sin. That's one of our, you know, candy stick sermons. And it's not that I don't think we should live a holy lifestyle in our heart and in our outward appearance. I obviously believe that. But we cannot stop at the outward appearance and not focus also on our heart because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so if you're speaking things that are unholy, it's because your heart's not holy. And I don't care how covered you are. I don't care how modest you consider yourself. I don't care how long your hair is, how shamefaced you are. I don't care. And neither does God, apparently, according to scripture. That doesn't matter if the words you're speaking are not matching his holiness. If you have an unbridled tongue, your religion is worthless. We are very quick to point out, especially in this day and age, very quick to point out, oh, that's an abomination and this is abomination and him and him's abomination, her and hers abomination and this and this and that and that. We're quick to call out those abominations, but we so easily forget the scripture that says a lying tongue is an abomination unto God. If we don't learn to control our mouths, we might as well hang it up. So, this has been James 1. Um, we'll get into James 2, uh, I guess, on the next podcast. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, what you got from Scripture, I encourage you to go back, reread it, read several versions of it. And uh, hit me up. Let me know what you thought about it. And we will see you guys next time. Well, that was fun. Uh, I'm glad you stuck around for the whole thing. And thank you for talking to me today. Y'all go like and follow and review and do all the podcast things that people do. And um, don't forget to be a good human.